the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back Wednesday, March 9th, 2022, as we head into our second of our daily three-hour tour. We moved the time today just a little bit um, to welcome back uh, Brett Johnson of Snell and Wilmer. He is uh, our Robert Jackson uh, Scholar in Constitutional Studies. Perhaps a title has never been more apt given the topic we want to speak about today. Not only was Robert Jackson uh, a great, to my mind, one of the greatest Supreme Court justices we ever had, He actually took a leave from the Supreme Court at President Truman's urging to go prosecute international war crimes at Nuremberg, which is the topic of our um, conversation today. Brett Johnson, welcome back. How are you, sir? Good, good. Thanks for having me, Seth. You betcha. It was good seeing you last night. And uh, at the expense of uh, harming your security detail... Uh, I'll just say that if, folks, you ever see someone walking around downtown Phoenix that looks like the governor, it may be Brett Johnson. He gets confused with the governor an awful lot, including, again, last night. And as I always say, the governor is a very good-looking Yes, man. he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> Brett Johnson. Um, t- there are some stories cropping up. Of course, certainly as we're seeing what's taking place in Ukraine, the imagery, another war in our living rooms, I suppose, or in our offices or on our computer screens – Um, We are seeing hospitals. We are seeing schools. We are seeing things that have traditionally been called war crimes. There are articles now coming out uh, asking the question, will Vladimir Putin face war crime charges? Is Putin likely to face the ICC over Russia's actions? The ICC is investigating war crimes. Could Putin be indicted? Those are just three headlines across my transom. Talk to me about what all this means what it could be we have all the time in the world unload uh, us or load us up on what we need to know about this sort of stuff <laughs> sounds good as a little bit of background icc stands for the international criminal court um came about in the 2002 um basically many people might remember that it was the um the war in yugoslavia the old yugoslavia there was also a civil war in rwanda and the United Nations created two tribunals for that. And obviously the roots of international tribunals goes all the way back to even World War One. Everybody properly knows the one in World War II, the Nuremberg Trials, which is a, the more famous ones, and a lot of what we call jurisprudence came out of international law. Um, and so basically they were, they were, they, these were called ad hoc committee or ad hoc courts for Yugoslavia and Rwanda, and a majority of the countries around the world believed it was necessary to formalize it, make it more permanent international criminal court. Now, what one issue, the United States is not a signatory um, to, that, to, to the International Criminal Court Treaty. Russia and Ukraine are signatories to the treaty, and that is what basically gives the court jurisdiction, unless there's a referral from the Security Council of the United Nations, which we know is almost impossible in this context because Russia has a veto there. So that, that means that the countries would have to ratify, sign and ratify. So they're both signatories. They both did not ratify. But Ukraine unilaterally back in 2013 
agreed to the jurisdiction of the court for certain crimes that had occurred, and obviously for 2014 when Russia invaded. So there's already an open case about the Russian invasion of Ukraine going back to 2014, and these are just going to be added added kind of charges or, or review. Now the question comes up, can Vladimir Putin actually be held uh, responsible? And the answer is, is yes, because the International Criminal Court has jurisdiction over the Ukraine, does not have jurisdiction over Russia, but Russia is invading Ukraine, so they have what's called territorial jurisdiction, and Putin technically is under the jurisdiction of the ICC. The likelihood of Russia turning him over, even if there was some sort of coup or other action in Russia, is probably unlikely. But if he's not able to travel to uh, um, one of the 123 member nations of the International Criminal Court, that is going to significantly impact um, um, Russia and his ability. So now you get into what kind of crimes are uh, um, are potentially at issue. And, and obviously we know from World War II, very unfortunate genocide, um, it, um, basically was one of the major ones, but also other aggression acts on civilian targets, which were violations of the Geneva Convention, which goes, goes back even further in time. In the context of the modern era, a lot of concentration has been given on Russia targeting the Chernobyl nuclear plant. Oh, yeah. And that's, right. that's significant. Right. Go ahead. No, I was just, yes, right, right, go ahead. I'm, I'm telling you. No, no, yeah. no. And, and as, <laughs> no problem. As, as, part of, as part of that, obviously, if that is a, is a disaster and impacts large amounts of people, then that would be technically a war crime, as would be if you targeted a dam or other modes of transportation where large civilians are, are, are crossing, such as these humanitarian uh, routes that are currently out of it. So there are some significant concerns, and, and you can't, uh, it's called the, the Nuremberg defense, which does not work. The Nuremberg defense for the Russian soldier all the way up to the generals and then Putin is my, my uh, commanding officer made me do it. Following it orders, right? Now. Following orders never yeah, worked, right? It didn't work for right. Cali. It didn't work in Vietnam. It didn't work uh, for Speer and the other folks at Nuremberg, right? Right. That's, that's right. That's right. So, so as part as part of that defense, it's not it's not going to work. The problem with, I mean, and people probably see this even in the United States, which has a very sophisticated judicial system, is justice is not fast. Mm-hmm. So even the Rwanda cases are still ongoing. The Yugoslavia cases are still ongoing from the 1990s. Just imagine in this context how long it will take to investigate, potent, uh, issue potential charges, and go forward. Now, the one thing I, I, I want to highlight, and actually one of the few law review articles I've written, is actually on the International Criminal Court, if you, you can believe You're so funny about yourself. You, you are is. so much better than you say. You, it's, you're, you're too humble. But go ahead. All right. Go ahead. It, well, and the United States has always cooperated with the International Criminal Court. However, there's a lot of countries, there's 123 nations that are a part of it. You've got to be careful about what you're asking for. Because there's a lot of nations out there who believe the United States military does not act appropriately. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, 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 yeah. Keep going. You're on the same path I was yeah. on. Yeah, that's exactly right. And under our Constitution, the Supreme Court is the law of the land. There mm-hmm. is no court that's higher than our United States Supreme Court. Right. So by treaty, we could never give a foreign court, like or an international court in this context, jurisdiction over our people, such as the President of the United States, regardless of party, or our military members, which are subject to the Uniform Code of Military Justice. 
And that, in my context, is, or in my opinion, would be an unconstitutional act. Now, there's a lot of scholars out there who disagree with me and believe it is possible, but uh, uh, just have that kind of context. So when you're asking a foreign court, an international court, to take jurisdiction over foreign leaders, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Yeah. Well, we've had this experience with the United Nations itself when you look at uh, the kinds of countries that end up uh, running what they used to, what, what they call their Human Rights Council, and you see countries like the Sudan are running it, and Saudi Arabia is on it, and Venezuela is on it. it becomes a joke, or Cuba becomes a joke, and you realize in the hands of those countries we can pervert any definition of justice that we grew up with and know and understand and live by and expect of other nations, right? This is the concern I take it. Uh, this is the an, an, an analogous concern I take it with the International uh, Criminal Court is uh, you, you could end up where, where you know, the United States, but if not the United States, based on your constitutional principles, Brett, uh, or understanding, allies of the United States could find themselves in front of the International Criminal Court, right? They, they, they could, and now, and also the same... Especially the way international law defines certain things, like... I don't yeah, know, take right. the word terrorism or take the word liberation, right? Just those two words alone, right? Okay. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And as well as um, as part of the, the, the context, we, ha- we have soldiers, airmen, sailors, Marines all over the world mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and 120 countries put down the context. As I mentioned in the beginning of our call, um, it, it's territorial jurisdiction. Yep. So we have what's called status of forces agreements with majority of our allies. But some of our allies have said have not had that exception about the International Criminal Court, that, that have exempted us from the International Criminal Court jurisdiction when we place soldiers and airmen mm-hmm. in those countries. Mm-hmm. And that was a big issue for President Obama, especially coming out of Iraq. And one of the reasons he rushed out of Iraq right. was that the Iraq would not guarantee in the Status of Forces Agreement exemption from international tribunals. Perfect. Perfect. Brett, that's a great overview. I love it. I love it. Thank you very much, sir. No problem. Brett Johnson from Snellen Wilmer, our Robert H. Jackson Fellow in Constitutional Studies. Until next week, Brett, thanks. Be well. Godspeed. Thank you. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. 602-508-0960. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years, and it remains today to this day a common-sense investment that's both simple and straightforward, which is why you don't need or want pushy-commissioned salespeople to tell you why you should buy gold. You already want it. You already know about it. All you need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience and expertise and a complete range of of bullions and coins, so you get what you want at the best value. That's why we love Midas Gold Group. They're veteran-owned, they're proud supporters of America First, and they're proud supporters of this show right here on 960 AM. They're fighting for your right to the financial freedom and privacy that gold offers. Trust the dealer that I, Sebastian Gorka, and thousands of our listeners know and trust, Midas Gold Group. Visit them in person, 625 West Deer Valley Road in Phoenix. Give them a call at 480-360-3000 or visit them online at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. I was doing some uh, back-of-the-envelope 
measurements over the break, just over something we had talked about in the first hour. And um, think about what, what's being said about that Florida legislation on protecting kindergartners through third grade from coursework and curricula and teachers instructing them on uh, matters of sex and gender. <clears throat> and um, and I said, you know, it's, it's, it's tremendously important that you recognize that CBS, the AP, NPR, the New York Times, ABC, and NBC all used the Democratic labeling of that bill in their title of their story about it. The don't say gay legislation. That's what they all called it. They all called it. Now, take a step back for a second. I wasn't even going to make this point. It's kind of interesting to me to take a step back and think about how they made that a story in the first place. I mean, in a normal world, you would think legislation that protects kindergartners through third grade, state-based legislation that protects them from being taught about issues like gender dysphoria would be uncontroversial. You would not think you would have to even lobby the opposite party for votes on that. You would think, you would think, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? I mean, we're talking about third graders, second graders, and first graders, and kindergartners. You would think. And no, this isn't just your standard sex ed stuff we're talking about, although let me note Having been to a lot of kindergartens, first and second and third grade classrooms, having been through them myself, I've never seen sex ed in those grades, and I don't think it's necessary. I think what's more necessary is getting these kids the ability to read. We're in Florida, 35% of them entering the fourth grade can't. Why is that important? Sorry for all these tangents, just throwing out as much info as I can as it's occurring to me. Why is that important? They say your literacy at third grade is determinative of the rest of your life. So when you have fourth graders and they test at the fourth grade level on the National Assessment of Education Progress, when you when you test at the fourth grade leaders uh, at the fourth grade levels and find that over a third, over a third of your students are failing in reading and being literate, you've got a massive problem on your hands. So why the heck would you even propose teaching this kind of stuff when you're not even getting the basics? Because the basics don't matter, of course, as much as the ideological pedagogy that the progressives want to perpetuate on our students. Sorry for all the alliteration. It just isn't as important to them. It just isn't. The ideology is what's important. If scores and um, academic achievement, never mind excellence, and outcomes were important to them, You'd hear more talk about that, but you don't hear much talk about that, do you? You hear about inputs. You don't hear about outputs. You hear about the inputs. What is that about? Is that the soft bigotry of low expectations that George, a., uh, George W. Bush, President George W. Bush talked about? Is it that we have given up on teaching kids to read and know the basics of American literacy? Or just English literacy? Better phrase? Better word for it? Have we just given up on it so that now we, we should move to the ideological and weaponize our pedagogy to get our children on the right progressive track to, how did Marx put it in the Communist Manifesto, vanish 
the American, excuse me, vanish the traditional family, vanish the traditional family using social education. That's what he says in book two of the manifesto. Check it out. Not making it up. Interesting use of the word vanish, isn't it? Disappear might be a synonym translated from the German. So the back of the envelope I was kind of working on statistically over the break, statistically, well, it wasn't that complicated. I was just doing numbers and percentages over the break. And I made the point last hour, if you don't listen to talk radio, you wouldn't know what's at stake in this Florida bill. I mean, you have CBS and ABC and NBC and NPR and the AP against you, aping the Democrats' line and condemnation of the bill. And as I just said a few moments ago, not only aping the language of it, aping the importance of it. I mean, this this should not have been a national story. It should have. Been, it really shouldn't have been a story at all, at all. I mean, what should be controversial about protecting first kindergartners through third graders from having to think about, much less study this, to use Ron DeSantis's word, stuff. We'll just say stuff with a heavy accent on the consonant there. So it's interesting, too, that this became a national story, isn't it? It tells you the mindset of the culture, of the elites. It, 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 it's instructive about the mindset you're up against. But anyway, my back of the envelope. If you don't listen to talk radio, I don't know. I mean, yeah, sure, certain websites could give you this stuff. As I said, David Harsani was on the case over at NR and other websites will no doubt be as well. But we're talking probably, probably at most combined readers of conservative websites and listeners to talk radio. I mean, I think we're not talking about 20 percent of the American people. We may not be talking about 10 percent of the American people based on my little back of the envelope scratches. People that listen to talk radio and read conservative websites and blogs. We may not be 20 percent of the people. We might just be, you know, we might just be somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 30 million people, basically. Think about those implications about what we're up against, especially in a political year. We'll talk a bit more about it. Let me give out the number again, 602-508-0960. Coming to you live from the Guns Etc. studios, I'm Seth Liebson. We will be right back. Someone mentioned yesterday, uh, Huey Lewis, the news, did they have the whole, uh, were, they the, were they the sole uh, performers, uh, the sole musical uh, uh, score uh, and uh, musicians on um, soundtrack for uh, Back to the Future? No, the answer is no, they weren't. Uh, but obviously uh, that song was <laughs> given a big lift <laughs> by Back to the Future. Alan is in Phoenix. Hello, Alan. How are you? I'm fine, Seth. How are you? I'm doing well. What's up? Another beautiful day here in our state. It sure is. Um, sure is. But, you know, the, the energy conversation is just so hilarious. People who have no idea how power is produced or how it's transmitted or how it's how complicated it is, they, they throw some pixie dust in the air and they think they can change production in an instant. <laughs> 
And then they try to equate oil and power production and have no idea that oil's in 97,000 different things. People are clueless, Seth. They really are. It's so sad. You know, it's fine to want non-carbon-based production, but it has limitations. You know, um, some of your people might know. Um, I hold a patent for the next generation in wind. It has limitations. Um, it's a supplemental power. It's not a dedicated industrial power. You can't run cities directly without storage on wind because it's, of its vagrancies. It just doesn't work that way. In fact, you can shut cities down that rely too much on wind. I give you Texas last year. Well, well, you can, and it's not that they rely too much. It's just that one segment of it, it was their predominant production, and as long as they're turning, you're at least getting... Uh, yeah, okay, production. good point. Even more so than the case, a fortiori, as right. we lawyers say, right? Even more so. And, it was just and, one segment, and it shut the city down, right? Right, right, right because right. it does, it's, and, and they should, there's, and, and, and that's the problem with current wind technology, of, of which my problem is solved, right. but gotcha. I might, we're going that different. And then solar power is passive power. It's not, solar doesn't make power. Solar makes electricity. Right, you, you're right. You need power to... Right, right. Well, it's a quantum difference. Right. It's the same thing as you walking across your rug and socks and, and getting a spark. Right. That's that's what solar power does. It, mm-hmm. it makes electricity that has to be stored in order for you to actually have power. Right. It's like the water company. If, if your water just dribbles out, technically you have water, but you don't have it useful. You have to put it in a barrel to actually use it. That way you have to store it. Gotcha. Instead of pressured water where you turn on every faucet and you have a shower, you, you need, water's usable. Right. And solar doesn't do that. And it's a giant waste of everything. We, we're so much further than first generation solar, and now first generation wind on that side. But it's not going to, it's not going to change how cities demand power. Mm-hmm. I think we need to put another generator over, you know, two two reactors over Palo Verde. We need to be making power. Yeah, you don't hear the word that. nuclear at all, do you? You just don't hear it. No, no, it's because again, the people who are making the most noise about this live in some utopic world that they have no clue how power is made. They don't. They're maleducated. They're, they've never watched six episodes of how it's made, you know, to know that things are quite complicated. You know, when, when the Secretary of Energy goes, oh, the power comes from the plug. <laughs> it's a miracle. Yes, I plugged in my phone and it worked. You know, you know what the, the image I think we should re, 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 reissue is two months ago, Kamala Harris going to an EV plant and keeping her hand on the... On the um, on the electrical uh, on the electrical outlet that was plugged into the EV right. car because she thought it was like a uh, a gasoline hose that you had to keep holding. Right. I mean, these people just don't know what they're doing or talking about. They just don't. No. Secretary, your Secretary of Energy didn't know how much oil Americans use on a daily basis a month ago. A month ago, she was that's, asked and said she didn't know. Right, and that's insanity. It's insanity, and, and, the, and the fact that they want to drop six. By the way, the answer is about twenty million barrels a day. That's the answer. About uh, yeah, because the the globe we use globally we use about a hundred million barrels a day globally, and um, and more every day, mm-hmm. and we're going to use one hundred and fifty barrels a, a billion barrel a day um, in another twelve years. Mm-hmm. We're never going to get rid of oil. We're not going to get rid of gas. The, the people who think we can have no clue is we should be we should be making power almost free to the people nowadays. Mm-hmm. We've been making electric power for one hundred and twenty five years. We know how to do it. Mm-hmm. We know how to do it safely. We've been making it better and better. And it's the, these Greta Thunbergs of the world who have no idea how power is produced get in the way of, of production. And now the, the, the Europeans are figuring out that, that that sort of 
um, uh, foolishness is now problematic. And that's why this Ukrainian thing is going to come to an end quickly, because the people are figuring out that freezing constituents are pissed. I hope and so, Alan. The, I hope so. Rush- I know. I, I hope. I, I, I listen. I hope so. And and it, it's it's amazing to me the people we are putting our hands uh, in whose hands we are putting this. People who really do the more they talk subtract from the general sum of intelligence in this world. Pete Buttigieg, your energy uh, secretary, what's her name, Granholm, Jennifer Granholm, and now Kamala Harris off to Munich. It is amazing to me. A confederacy of dunces. We'll be right back. Thank you, Alan. Oh, my gosh. I love those lyrics. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Uh, Alan, are you still there? Did you have more you wanted to say if you are still there? Uh, I am still here. But okay, no, go ahead. Yeah, go on. ahead if you had more. No, that was about it. It's just a, we need to, to, to have as much uh, uh, dedicated electric power as we can produce, coal, oil, natural gas, hydro, geothermal, uh, wind stored, and, and we can do other things, you know. And not, we're never getting rid of oil. Oil is the miracle product of this earth. It really is. We have, we're just figuring out what it does, and it'll do a lot more, and we're not going to run it out of it because we have no idea how the earth makes it, honestly. Alan, what's your sense about what we could do right now to ease the pain of the pump? I mean, I just don't think it would be that hard for governors and feds to lift the taxes. I mean, you would save almost half a dollar in most places. Um. All they have to do is just get out of the way. Yeah, I know. Just open up the fields, let the oil guys deliver oil, let the refining guys refine the oil, let the gas guys do gas, let the petrochemical guys do that so that women can have makeup. Because most women, if you tell them you can have makeup or no oil companies, they'll say, oh, I want my makeup so you get oil companies. So you have to know how to, to go after people. Um, it, 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 we are just 100 years into knowing what oil does. We really are. We, we, you know, it was goo out of the, they used to use it as pitch to, to waterproof the boats back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, it was oozing out of the sand when the British came to Saudi Arabia and they found it's like, you know, oh, wow, look at this goo, the tar sands in, in, in California, um, the La Brea tar pits. <laughs> the earth gushes this stuff. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like the earth's waste product. It does, you know, while the earth is making diamonds and rubies and emeralds and nothing and, and, and nickel and lead and, and phosphorus and, Except blah, 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 blah. There's got to be waste somewhere, and I think the waste is global goo, and it comes to the oil. No, I hear you. I hear you. Listen, uh, we, are, uh, we, are, we are in the midst and under the control of a confederacy of dunces. The problem is they are in power, and the problem is it is um, an ever-growing confederacy. Uh, the other problem is that uh, they have easy talking points that – you know, like almost everything they do, Florida legislation's another piece. I could give you COVID. I could give you a number of stories, a number of issues. And, you know, it takes our side a little bit to unwind, just a little bit of time to unwind the easy talking point. You know, 9,000 9, 9, leases have been approved that aren't being used, Jen Psaki says. People remember that. I have no clue what is underneath why they aren't being utilized right now, including the permits, including the pipelines, including the transportation, including the companies who have those leases, judgments about what is there in that land and whether it is even feasible to drill, uh, though it may have been speculative at one point now. And then, of course, the question is, well, how long will it take to uh, get all this uh, energy, whether it's liquid natural gas or whether it's oil, you name it, 
get it to the point where we can get it back online. But, you know, it's really easy to stop and a lot harder to start something. It's a little easier to end than it is to begin something. It's a lot easier to give punishment than it is to give relief, which is why we could go immediately from Donald Trump and us being an energy independent nation to Joe Biden and overnight us becoming no longer energy independent. We can go overnight that direction. But now it's not just a matter of what's the phraseology, turning the light, flipping the switch. It's just not. It doesn't work that way. I mean, to restart all that which we had, which Joe Biden turned off with the flip of a switch, to restart all of that, it's going to take, even if there was the mood to do it in the administration, even if there was the effort to do it in this administration, take a long time. Now, yes, the news of it might help, but I'm talking about what we could do for immediate relief. Nancy Pelosi was asked about lifting the tax, gasoline taxes at the pump. She said that's simply not on the table. Why isn't that on the table? Because of the idea fix and the allergy to tax relief? Why is that not on the table? Or is it not on the table because of what Steve Colbert said? Is it not on the table because he doesn't care if gas hits $15 a gallon, as he put it? He drives an electric vehicle. He drives an electric vehicle. Okay, well, most people don't and most people aren't. And by the way... Pete Buttigieg's answer on that, as we crunched the numbers yesterday, show that it's entirely unfeasible to think that you will get savings with an electric vehicle over the long haul when you are in the crisis that we are now. Between the Arizona tax and the federal tax on gasoline, you would save the American consumer and then it would be higher, certainly in other states, it would be a better savings in California. You'd save about half a dollar. You'd save about half a dollar. It makes a big difference whether you're paying three-something or four-something per gallon of gas, or what would it be now, four-something versus five-something per gallon of gas, or five-something versus six-something versus seven-something if you happen to live in California, where, by the way, isn't it interesting, everything is much more expensive. Not interesting about California. It's all so much more. Bill, are you 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 want you want to get good coverage of California politics? It's hard to um, it's hard to say how you're going to do it because it's sporadic and it's not announced ahead of time. But I think some of the best coverage of what's going on with California public policy happens to be on the Adam Carolla podcast. Don't you think, Bill? Those interviews he does, whether they're with sheriffs or think tank types or mayors or candidates. I mean, he knows California politics, it seems, or at least public policy. Let's do it that way. Public policy, pretty darn well. It's just hard to know. I mean, have you been listening regularly to him lately? Did you hear his interview with Scott Baio, by the way? Was that not one of the weirdly most interesting interviews you had heard on that show in a while? It was to me. I haven't thought about Scott Baio in forever, and I don't even think forever ago I thought that much about him. I think if I was flipping channels, I might have seen Charles in Charge or blah, 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 or um, Chachi, maybe quickly, but it's nothing I would have stayed on very much. It was, said some interesting stories about mentorship. What, wasn't the story fascinating about he, how he and Gary Mar- Marshall, who was the head of Happy Days, kind of pulled him by the scruff when he was about 17 or 18 and just screwing around and not doing the hard work and kind of coasting on his laurels there and kind of said, you got to shape up. Adam Corolla called it a tune-up 
tune-up, which is another thing I'll just say about it. The show is not meant for all ages. It just isn't. I'm sorry to say. And the other thing I'll say about it, just while I'm on, I should get him back on. I'd love to. I, I, I'm going to try to. Um, shouldn't be that hard. But I won't tell him this. It might offend him. But I think it's eminently true. And, Bill, I'd love your I'd love your response to this, if you don't mind. I'll get you in as much trouble with him as I'm about to get. I don't think he's that funny. I think he's really good when he's serious. I think he is a better analyst uh, of, of, of public policy and intellectual issues than he is a comedian. Do you disagree with that? You can if you want. But do you disagree or agree? You can't just nod. You can't. You work with me, not him. He'll be mad at you and me together. You'll live. You disagree. You do disagree. You think he is as funny as he is analytical. Okay. All right. All right. Reasonable dis- people can we can be in f- we can we 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 can be in fierce agreement to agree to disagree. How's that? I'm Seth Leibson. Six zero two fifty eighty nine sixty. Be right back. Yeah. Well, you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man. In his most famous song, this artist, Jimmy Buffett, talks about that frozen concoction that helps me hang on. Well, a concoction that helps me hang on is balance of nature. They're fruits and veggies. It's not frozen either. Whole food nutrition. It's pure, potent plant power. It's fruits and veggies, and that's it. In a vegetarian capsule, if you don't like swallowing capsules, you can open it up, sprinkle it into some food or or into a drink. You can even chew it. Some people do chew it. They don't mind the taste at all. I've done it. Um... 100% 100% natural, only using vine-ripened produce, third-party tested for bacteria, pesticides, metals, you name it, gluten-free, non-GMO, contains no added vitamins, no other chemicals, no other anything. It is 15 vegetables and 16 fruits. That's what's in these capsules. You take them once a day and you are good to go in maintaining your health, protecting your health, and even repairing your body. Balanceofnature.com. Balanceofnature.com is their website, their fruits and veggies. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Discount code BALANCE. I don't know how many. I mean a lot more than I can count emails. Not not probably 20, but, but a lot more than I would have thought. People have emailed me saying, how would Reagan handle Russia-Ukraine situation? I mean Reagan brought down the Soviet Union after – you know, every other attempt by every other ideology, by every other administration thought we would have to live with the Soviet Union. He was thought crazy for thinking it was its last pages of history were being written as early as what? When did he say that? 1982, I believe it was. They thought he was nuts. And then he did it. As Margaret Thatcher said, without firing a shot, that's eh, a little bit of a there were a few shots fired. But they were in the satellite wars. There were a few shots fired. You know, you think about Central America. You think about Horn of Africa. You think about some of those places. Uh, a little bit in the Middle East. Not so much as, as, as in Central America or Africa. There were a few shots fired through proxies and satellites. But by and large, that's right. And so I've gotten the question, a lot of emails, people saying, what would Reagan do here? What would Ra- how would Reagan handle it? Well, actually, there's a great piece in the Wall Street Journal on that as well, and I will uh, go over some of that with you, the positives and negatives of it, the ups and downs of it. Um, We don't need to ask what would Trump do because he did it. 
He did it, and it's in recent memory. He already did it. <laughs> Which makes the irony all the more, what? Incredibly evil, frankly. The irony is incredibly evil that the Democrats made a passion of how close he was to Russia and how tainted he was by Russia. When he, unlike Obama, kept Russia out of Ukraine and unlike Biden. So what would Reagan do? We'll talk about that. We're also going to talk to Abe Hamaday, who's running for attorney general, get his sense. He's a military veteran as well and got a really cool endorsement he wants to tell us about. It is a cool one. I'm Seth Liebson. Don't go away. We will be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 